It's a good show. Welcome to your making it worse. We're here. We're queer. Who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer, and I'm Brent Sullivan, and I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So people have forever talked about Bert and Ernie being potentially gay. Right. Bert and Ernie, of course, yeah. being the dynamic duo on Sesame Street. Like the Avenue Q musical did a really funny Bert and Ernie sort of send up of having mm. a gay. Yeah. But one of them was gay and one of them was straight. Was I never kid. saw Avenue Q. It oh, it was. It just yeah. looked it's not. so good. Did you I see know. Come From Away? I didn't see Come From Away. Not yet. <laughs> um, the musical but... about 9-11. Let's just. Because not everyone knows that guy. The music about, about layovers. No, it's about layovers <laughs> and rerouted, <laughs> rerouted planes. Yeah. Although a friend of ours told yep. us it was amazing. Dave so, Holmes, and so we're going to talk about that on the podcast. Perhaps we are evolving over time. Is I he know. coming on to talk about that? I said he will. He says, well, we have him. to see it if he's going to come on. Yeah, and then we will yeah. do that and then talk okay. about Come From Away. <laughs> but no, Avenue Q is really good, and it has a gay Bert and Ernie sort yeah. of storyline. Okay. Well, people have talked about it forever. You know, it's been a, it's been a consistent yeah. uh, topic that sort of comes up and goes away. But Mark Saltzman, who was a writer for Sesame Workshop, uh, spoke to Queerty and talked about how he wrote Bert and Ernie as a couple, and he, you know, he's openly gay and said that without feeling there was there was quote a huge agenda when he was writing Bert and Ernie, they were gay because he didn't have any other way to contextualize them. Um, and you know, the, he said the Bert and Ernie relationship. I, I was with my partner Arnie when I came to Sesame Street, so he said I didn't think I'd know how else to write them, but as a loving couple. Sure. So I feel like I've seen some, seen and heard people be like, "How dare you? That's ridiculous. They're Muppets." Yeah. But then somebody was making a point. I'm talking about somebody on the View. I forget who. <laughs> but oh, somebody, I know what you're talking about. I watched that episode. Yeah. yeah somebody yeah, was making. Both watch every episode of the View. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And somebody was. I think it was Whoopi was making a point that it's like. Whoopi was saying that they're kids, and I think she's actually incorrect. I don't think Bird and Ernie are supposed to be kids, whereas Big Bird is is apparently like six years old. Uh, Elmo is three years old. They have these ages, uh, yeah. but I think Bert and Ernie are meant to be adults who live together. But like also... the adults that are always – like who are the two grumpy guys? Oh, the Waldorf – uh, the Waldorf yeah. guys—they are not on the Muppets. They're, they're mu- not on Sesame Street. They're Muppets. They're Muppets. But I think, oh. I mean, with with Sesame Street and any sort of character, this is the writer, the the, the creator of Bert and Ernie. I don't think who, he created it. I think he, he came in and wrote it. I okay. Think. So he's the writer, and what inspires a writer to write? is nuanced and different and doesn't necessarily mean the intention of what the characters actually are. Like, you know, Stephen King wrote Misery when he was getting over cocaine. Mm -hmm. Literally, Kathy Bates' character Misery is his cocaine addiction. It doesn't mean that the character is a cocaine addict. You know, it doesn't doesn't imply that. But on The View, I think it, I forget who was doing it, but someone was making a point that Sesame Street writers and the producers I mean are very intentional in the very characters. specific very specific I mean yeah. they have they have a character that's HIV positive they yep. have a character that has Down syndrome they have and these are puppets and and so if the character was meant to be gay the character would be gay that's what the, I, I think that's the that's true and I think this I think the idea of people wanting to assign sexuality to them because it's two guys who live together I, I get the, the sort of you know funny, juvenile, tongue-in-cheek element of wanting yeah. to make it campy in that way. I yeah, get it. Yeah. 
But I don't – I don't know. I mean Sesame Street also released a statement, a Sesame workshop yeah. and said – as we, it's so funny that they had to do this. But they said, as we have said, Bert and Ernie are best friends. They were created to teach preschoolers that people can be good friends with those who are very different from them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the truth. Which I mean, is what they're saying. Bigots. And, and it's not like they don't have gay people on the show. I mean right. they've had characters where parents – you know, there's two moms. There's – I mean it's yeah. like – the the issue of homosexuality is a part of the Sesame Street universe, yeah. but maybe not necessarily Wait, in puppet form. I don't think I knew hmm. that. Yeah, Muppets and Sesame Street are no, under no, no, the no, same. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think I knew that there was uh, a Muppet that had Down syndrome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And is it weird that I find that incredibly sweet and adorable? Well, yeah. welcome to Sesame Street. <laughs> no, it is. And it's... I knew about the HIV positive Muppet, which is on the South African uh, Muppet. No, I think uh, there's one on there's American one on the Sesame American Street. One on America. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Huh, that's weird. Which I mean, it's not you weird know, because no, you haven't watched Sesame mean, Street. No, I meant that's weird uh, that I don't. I didn't know that because I know everything. So right, 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 right. Yeah. Fair. That yeah. makes sense. No, I do think it. I mean, Sesame Street is one of those one of those shows that like it really has gone out of its way to be really inclusive. It's I mean, incredible. If you think it started in the 1980s when like there was more of a push for, or I guess it started in the 70s. 70s. But it started. But in yeah. the 80s, it really sort of identified that sort of Brooklyn multicultural. Yeah, sort of it's aspect. supposed to be Queens. And they use or Queens, yeah. excuse me, and they use that as a platform to show diversity in all of its, its forms. It's incredible. The show is incredible. You know what kind yeah. of bums me out? My niece and nephew don't love it. Oh, really? Because well, it's on HBO now. Oh, that's right. They moved to HBO. Uh, that's right. They that left me uh, Which is so PBS. strange. So strange. Very strange. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they. I, I don't think they dislike it, but they don't like in, inhale it. Like yeah. I remember, I loved. Sesame I was obsessed Street. with me too. Sesame Street. I was obsessed with the movie. I loved the, the Big Bird movie. Oh, the Big Bird in China. No. <laughs> No, Big Bird. <laughs> Big Bird, it's the got, angriest I've ever seen Alan. No, that's offensive. <laughs> no, Big Bird. Um, he gets he gets lost from Sesame. Oh, he leaves yeah. Sesame Street. Yes, and it's all these like celebrity cast. Yes. That they have to like yes. he has to find his way back. And there's that road Do song that they have. Yeah. it's in a barn with Here kids. You go. Okay, <laughs> take it okay. easy. Take it easy. Do you remember they had those like se- those like interstitials, and they had one that I. Like watched on YouTube recently because I hadn't seen it obviously in like thirty some years. Start to cry and almost. Uh, it was the one where they went to the crayon factory and they made a bunch of crayons. <gasps> I remember, yes. and I was obsessed. Yeah, yeah I remember with that. the shots. I loved the aesthetics. Yes. of those crayons and the wax. Yeah, and, the, and it was it's liquid at first. Yes, and then they liquid. Turn into, and then they and the one guy scoops it up and he puts it in a yes, band. And you're I like, I want to be that guy. I wanted to be the guy that scooped the crayons yeah. from <laughs> from the like the one bin and put them in the other bin. I, I I'm sure there's loved a, it. There's a and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Remember what? that one? No. Follow, follow, follow. Remember that one? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. What the, I mean, but you stop and think about it, and it's like, think about creating that show and be and having m- puppets that represent different human beings and walks of life. Yeah. Then an interstitial in a crayon factory, like, yeah. and then an animated thing about numbers. Like, it's just so it's so incredible, and so even like I I I would. It's a bummer that your niece and nephew aren't like inhaling it the way we did. Oh yeah, my niece and nephew, they I don't think they even are even aware really of Sesame Street. Oh, boy. I mean, it's we just gotta so go in. Bums me it's not out. a part. Yeah. Who who was your favorite characters on the show? I like Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, be surprised. <laughs> yeah, Brent is literally wearing a green sweatshirt. Yeah, and I'm curmudgeoning. I, I, I mean, I really, really, really loved Big Bird, but I, uh, but I also Big had an affinity for, and I think even because I was, I was a fat kid. I think Snuffleupagus. I, no. Oh. 
I think I think I was called Cookie Monster quite a oh, bit. Cookie oh, Monster is so cute. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I think I was Cookie Monster a lot. I loved um, the worm. I mean, it wasn't like a big character, but I loved like the little worm guy. Yeah. Uh, oh. Big Bird's worm friend. I vaguely remember. Them. But did you guys know that? No, not... it's actually a parasite. It's a big oh, parasite. Oh wow! Yeah, the no, count... no. Why isn't the count gay? The count is very gay. <laughs> Sure. Did you know that um, Snuffleupagus is invisible? Not sorry, not invisible. He's a figment of Big Bird's imagination, so nobody else ever sees him or interacts with him. Huh? What kind of mushroom trip are you? Did you on? ever notice this? Did you ever notice this? When Cookie Monster eats a cookie, it, it actually never is going down his throat. Goes right down. Da- <laughs> cookies. Goes, it doesn't go down his throat. No, it doesn't go down. Yeah. His throat. Oh my god, I love that show so much. <laughs> Someone give me a cookie so I can do my Cookie Monster impersonation. Also, where are the land? Can we get Alan a cookie? Please? I need a cookie right now. Producer where, land. Where are, like the, where are the kids? I want to meet the kids who were like in those adorable segments with Cookie Monster, yeah. with Termit the Frog. A bunch of them are heroin addicts. Yeah. <laughs> that, lines that? Up. that lines up. Like 12 or 13 out of the 14. Oh my God. Are yeah. like hard on <gasps> Sesame Street. Remember when Mr. Hooper died? Oh, yes, that I do. Was that was incredible television. Yeah. My, I know my parents were in love with the humans. They always, they, they're like, Maria. They're the yes. nicest. Maria, they're the nicest. Maria and Gordon. I'm not, I'm not anti the humans. I'm just saying, yeah, like, I remember my dad being like, oh, that Maria, I like her. You know, <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> okay, well, we've been talking about Sesame Street for about 11 minutes, so I good. think we should probably stop or... Anybody want a cookie? Me cookies! <laughs> Not even joking. With us today is the inimitable, and I think oh. I said it correctly oh. this time. I think you did. Yeah, I you never did. say it out loud. I get nervous. <laughs> it's Sarah Benincasa, Hi. author, comedian. 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 <laughs> comedian. <laughs> Extraordinaire. For, radio show host. It's true. Herself. Yeah, That's you've right. done so much. Thanks, friends. I'm some... so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So um, we're going to talk about the, the fag hag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which Urban Dictionary defines, there's many dictionary de- definitions of it, but one that I found that seemed pretty classic was, quote, women who cling to gay men, often seen around groups of gay men, they use the insulating effect to enjoy a night on the town without being assaulted by straight men. <laughs> also, one who clings to a gay guy and reports to be his BFF. This mm. is such an interesting definition because yeah. it's, uh, at first I was reading it and I was like, okay, this is, some gay dude wrote this. And then I'm like, well, <laughs> it, it, but it betrays a certain compassion Yes. For yeah. I think the the woman's experience, or yeah. just an honest, hateful appraisal of what straight men do in public. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, have you in, ever, ever ever considered or encountered? Have you ever considered yourself to be one, or encountered others who are? No, I mean I've never considered myself a fag because to me that always <laughs> seems. Sorry, I'm sorry to laugh. It's such an offensive term. It's so ridiculous. It really is. How offensive the term is. Inimitable fag hag. Inimitable Awful, awful. It's um, I guess even in the in the '90s when I was um, you know, a fetus I was in high school, um, I found it to be an odd term because it seems to 
commodify the gay man as a as a, a purse. Yeah. As a purse. There's yeah. like a tiny as, as a dog that could be discarded. Well, also, yeah. you know? well, also being self-describing one as a hag. Yeah. yeah. Which is like yeah. not that nice either. Not you know, I haven't even considered that. But yeah, you're describing yourself as like had... a sexless dump. When I was looking for an apartment yeah. in New York once and I, I, I was talking to this woman who I was potentially going to be roommates with and I was like, I'm, I, you know, whenever I did that, I would always say that I was gay. So that way I felt like it, you needed to like come out with that mm-hmm. before yeah. you lived with a stranger. Yeah. And she yeah. was like, oh, that's okay. So my friends call me, I'm a bit of a fruit fly. Yeah, oh. which Kathy Griffin, I think. Yeah, Kathy yeah. used to talk yeah. about that too. And it's it's sort of <clears throat> so weird. I think it's a weird term when somebody. Oh, you know what I hate the most? What? My, when somebody goes, "My gaze." Oh, oh listen, I was just going to say when someone says, "My." Gay. I don't even like it when gay guys say, I was with the gays. It's I like, just like say it. you're friends. Yeah. <laughs> just say it. It's like, it. it's like using, I mean, I get offensive. I get offended now when people say, oh, yeah, I went to you a gay wedding. No, when, when, people, <laughs> when people say, I went to a gay wedding, and I'm like, you know, it's just a wedding now. Like, yeah, that's it's true. Legal. That's you can true. just it is, say it. It kind of reminds me, to, tell me if this rings a bell for you, sir. It kind of reminds me of, we were talking about this last time. Of how like at a, like like queer eye was really big and like you I, we were willing to kind of put up with like the stereotypical yes. portrayal of gay men because it was so cool that this it was a show that everyone was watching yeah. and it was transcending boundaries getting exposure. and I felt that way about the word fag hag the same in the same way that you are Alan where yeah. like someone would use it in college and I'd be like oh that's really cool they're showing that they're like you know Down progressive and, and open minded sure. and at the very least not judgmental and bigoted but now you once again like ten to ten years later. You know, I'm I'm ten years younger than you guys, but like, you know, <laughs> oh, ten years again. later, say it again, you tiny baby, <laughs> with your perfect uh, skin. Ten years later, you're like, oh, give me a fucking break oh, with I this. Wait, so, so Sarah, so like in it. high school when you like you were saying in high school when you had gay friends, how? I mean, because obviously it was a different time and vernacular has changed in terms of how we sort of interact with gay people, especially in sort of a casual sense. What was your experience like dealing with other gay kids in school? Well, when I so when I was in school, just to, I, just to clarify, how do you identify? Do you identify uh, a bisexual princess? Got it. <laughs> Got it. Just a terrible person who likes to break hearts no matter what. You think I'm going to zig and I zag. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I well, so I was in high school and I was very had a lot of internalized, I don't know, biphobia, homophobia, what would we call it? I mean, I was raised in, in the church, yeah. uh, in the Catholic, the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the great ways that a really successful um, centuries-old cult functions is that it convinces you <laughs> that what you learn once you go into corporate headquarters yeah. or the local mm-hmm. franchise, you yeah. know, your local McDonald's right, yeah. of God, is that... Fish Fry Fridays. Correct. Yeah. So much fun, which I'll still do. Yeah, I'll I will fucking too. go to Greater yeah. Milwaukee. I'm not even from yeah. there. I'll just go there and eat. Um, but uh, it they convince you that the word of God, which is just some shit they made up, is greater than your parents. It's like mm-hmm. bigger than your parents. It's mm-hmm. a sort of a classic technique to convince children like our word is correct. So my parents didn't teach me that stuff. We had gay family members, but I was learning it. And because I hated the fact that I was attracted to women as well as men and yeah, yeah. really had no language for that, didn't know that was a thing. So I was like, am I just a lesbian? Like, what am I going to grow out of being attracted to boys? I fucking wish. Yeah. But like, actually, women are a nightmare, too. Everyone's yeah. terrible. Right. Yeah. My, se- my sexuality yeah. is everyone's garbage. <laughs> but, um, no, but so, I, you know, 
I started to, I still wasn't accepting who I was, but I, I found it easier to accept who other people were. So I started to have gay friends in high school and um, I, but they weren't exclusive, you know, I mean, gosh, it's percentage wise. Like it, it would have been hard for all my friends to be gay, I suppose, because there weren't that many out gay kids in nineties, mm-hmm. New Jersey high schools. Yeah. So I heard that term faggot. It's actually funny. I realized on the way over here. I'm opening for Scott Thompson soon in Toronto, and he's doing a night as Buddy, his yeah. like classic mm-hmm. character. And the first time I heard the term fag hag was on an episode of Kids in the Hall where oh, yeah. Buddy did a monologue about them. Uh-huh. And I think that term came from... It was like a quasi-affectionate but also annoyed term that gay men came up with, right? Yeah, these women yeah. who would hang around, who seemed to want male attention. Well, this is so funny because uh, this Rowan Guha, who's a great writer, he wrote on Jezebel. He wrote about like the fag hag and wrote, if there isn't any kind of transactional relationship or exchange happening, then women lose their value in gay male subcultures. Oh, that's really mm. interesting. You know, the idea that... It's like a double-edged sword. That, yeah. Like, you don't want them around, but you do want them around. I, I always felt bad. I, 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 I'm a creature of habit, so I often go to the same bars and I drink alone in the corner. We know. And, uh, <laughs> How long have you been allowed to drink? to make eye contact. Like a, a year? Has it been a year since you were uh, allowed well, to drink? Well, I mean, I, I just, <laughs> just turned 21. Tiny, handsome uh, piece of garbage. I, I've seen there's there have been any number of women throughout the course of my solo drinking. Uh in which I've seen them regularly with their gay friends, yeah. and they're always there, and I, and they're always at the gay bar with their gay friends. And I want to be like, do your friends ever offer to go with you to your bar one out of every four weekends or something? Yeah, well, like, and maybe they do. I want to offer the distinction though, because I feel like you know, there is there, there's two separate issues here. There's one issue of sort of the assault on women at gay bars and in some urban areas where gay men think women should not be allowed into that space because it's a safe space for queer sort of identity. And we've kind of yeah. turned we've turned it into a very patriarchal thing where it's like our space we peed on it and 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 it doesn't really it doesn't yeah. really happen here in, in sort of non-urban <laughs> settings. You know, so like like I said in a past episode, like you go St. Louis gay oh, that, bars, like the Midwestern gay bars, yeah, are much more inclusive. It's, it's Racially, gender, I mean, sexuality. And so, but with fag hag, I think in, in, in sort of a more direct sense, it's more of like a women sort of fetishizing gay men mm-hmm. as sort of an accessory. And in reverse, gay men not sort of accepting their own value and worth and thinking that they need to be catty with this woman or they need to be this woman's accessory. So, so we're or, all monsters, that's right, what he's right. saying. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's the theme of this segment. People are monsters. Rowan, he wrote this for Jezebel Rowan. He wrote, women end up, women end up objectifying gay men as surrogates for girlfriends or pretty plus ones at parties. Gay men end up objectifying women as de facto therapists and punching bags who are expected to make them feel better about themselves, <laughs> all while weathering a casual deluge of slurs like slut and bitch. Yeah. And it's yeah. true. I mean, yeah. Sarah, have you ever felt like, because I know I've experienced this where maybe I am, you know, using my relationship with a woman in a way that isn't necessarily sort of great not in a sexual capacity but more than like a i'm not giving her the value of her identity in an equal sense I'm, oh really i'm, I'm a, fetishizing a her as a, doing as a woman <laughs> totally unfamiliar to me and do you think in because i you know we've known each other for so many years and oh yeah you're very easy with your vernacular you say fag and you say queer i don't and, say fag 
bag. You do. Maybe I did in our childhood. You do. But, but, but now but what I'm saying I say, is, well, I'll say it out loud without feeling like, but I don't say it like, I love my fags or like, he's such a fag. Like, no, I don't say that. But, yeah. but you use, yeah. I mean, you're very casual with your friends. Yeah, and so have I you ever had anyone push back on that? And maybe sort of, have you ever caught yourself in a moment of saying, maybe I am fetishizing this person for their identity, be it race, be it sexuality, be it anything? Um, no, that may be just because I'm not sufficiently self-aware. Uh, I mean, I, one time, I remember I, I like, referred to myself as a bitch casually, and this, yeah. like, straight dude was like, um, can you not say that? I find that offensive. Oh, and I was like, oh, I, and I was like, oh, do you want me to call myself a cunt, or do you right. want me to call you a cunt? Like, I, actually, I, get, I get really annoyed, because sometimes when, uh, when I'm doing stand-up and I have a, I'm at a show, and I, I use the word fag occasionally, yeah. and I always use it after I've established that I am gay, mm-hmm. and I get so... So annoyed when audiences clam up. It's like, like, really? You (laughs) have no right to clam up when I say it. I can say whatever the fuck I want. I use it, I mean, for myself, I'll say faggot, I'll say fag. I I do use this terminology because I do find it to be... Reclamation. Well, yeah, but also, too, it's like... It's. I can say it. It's my. I'm not saying it about anybody else. I'm saying it about myself in a lot of ways. And but I also find myself sometimes too, like in a gay setting, when there is a. Uh, we, we've done it too. We've all done it. Where like we see like a a, a black man at a gay bar and and we, I've never I've never seen that. Never we, seen that well, and we we fetishize him for his racial identity. And I mean, I'll admit to doing that in my in my life. And I think everyone in some capacity has done that. And I think the same applies with fag hags and some. Ways when that... I was younger, I felt far more comfortable about appro- like using terminology that now I would say is is appropriation. Well, yeah, I was going to say sure. that I think that I've always said for years that the gay community really embraces racial stereotypes, yes. especially within the context of sexuality. Mm-hmm. So. Asian men are like this and better, or whatever. And black men are like this, or yeah. Latino black men, men have, have dicks like this, and, dicks. And, and, and also and all like this biting, shit. biting like terminology and and, and uh, vernacular, like African American vernacular, particularly from black women, mm-hmm. and like um, trying to sometimes the whole like there. I've, I mean, I, that's a conversation that I'm not saying anything revolutionary. I know people have talked about that a lot, but that certainly happens too. Oh, yeah. and, Brother does it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, H. Allen was on CNN talking about it and got clobbered by who? Don Lemon. Yes. Well, I wouldn't. I, Don, I don't think Don Lemon's you? clobbered oh, anywhere. Yeah. I didn't mean clobbered. I meant like, like, not clobbered, but like, yeah. p- he like, you know, sassed. I you. became a a, a, a a Nancy Grace TV moment, <laughs> right. basically. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I didn't. But, clobbered doesn't. It was yeah. what is the word? I oh no, it, it, it was. It was. It was hard. Mm. But I do think that, and even gay men do it to women. I think, and like we see a like a chubby girl at the bar, and we immediately like pass judgment about her, about her being some gay guy's BFF, or like well, good Sarah, for you, girl. Well, yeah, I just remembered. Bullshit. Wait, you guys, I'm having a moment of confession. Catholic. I just remembered. I think I used the term fag gag in my first. Book. Oh yeah, <laughs> such a piece of shit. I was like, I don't say that uh, in my first book because I talked about. I think I was talking about. Uh, I dropped out of uh, a trade school for uh, people who didn't get into NYU. It's called Emerson College, and I dropped uh. out. Uh, and while I, I in, in somewhere in my first book, Agora Fabulous Dispatches from My Bedroom, available now. Um, <laughs> I think I talked about how there was that pairing of like the awkward girl who loved musical theater mm-hmm. with some kid who just finally got to be himself uh like and they're both at an 11 personality wise right i also wonder like 
there is a reason why this exists, and I think the the foundation of the origin of fag hag is primarily women in society have been more accepting of gay men than straight men have. Yeah. And there's been a safety around women and the role women play within the queer movement, which I think is a really important thing to recognize. <clears throat> At the same time, there's also like us becoming self-aware and recognizing that maybe we're doing things in a way that isn't necessarily healthy for the ongoing future of the queer movement and who right. we are as our identity. Yeah, it's right. it's a really fascinating issue, but I don't think there's really any answers. Like, how do you solve? I don't think there are answers either. I think it's like it, it, it's a it's a a double-edged sword. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of it's kind of like a it, there's like a it has like two sides to it really and. Yeah. In one sense, you know, you can see the sort of like the grace, the will and the grace of the will and grace and, yeah. and the sort of anchor of a relationship. Then the other hand, I feel like, well, I mean, even the idea of like this whole mini, mini, mini revolution against women having bachelorette parties at gay bars. That oh. I think is in and of itself this sort of conversation that's, Which I have that's no been problem had. with. No. I mean, why would you? I will say that. So, wait, yeah. well, oh. well, Elliot, Elliot had well, a reaction. What's the invasive to thing, right? I think it's the idea that women go to gay bars because um, it, or in this case, they're having a performative eve. They're like they're enjoying like a gay men become a performance. They're props. I think what we're talking yeah. about is it's not cool to treat people as props, but maybe we don't all we're not all exactly on the same page about what constitutes treating yeah, someone as a prop. I don't yeah, think right. it's facetious when a, a gay a bachelorette party shows up at a gay bar, but there does feel to me something that's a little bit. Uh, appropriating. Well, yes, but I also think it's like, have you seen Girls Trip? Yes. Uh, the lead character, I don't know her name. She uh, was in the scary movie. Mo- oh, oh, uh, 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 Regina. Um, Regina King? No. Uh, that's Regina Hall. Hall. Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Regina Hall is talking to the woman from Grey's Anatomy, the white lady. I don't know her name. Um, Ellen and- Pompeo. No, I still need to see no, the white, it doesn't the, matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. What's the but point? The white lady is saying lots of <laughs> she's using vernacular that is like African American oh, vernacular, yes, basically. Yes. And the woman, Regina Hall, says, You are a guest. You are a guest in this space of beautiful black women. Please be respectful. And using that language can come off as disrespectful. So when women and then Kate go Walsh is to like, Kate Walsh, that's her name. Her. When her. women go her. to gay bars to celebrate their bachelorette party, they are an invited guest into a queer space. I don't space. know if I agree. Really? I, I, I feel like, I, you know, a, a, a queer space. I mean, yes, it's, I think perhaps if this was 20 years ago, it, it would be designated for as a queer space because there were so few of those. Yeah. But now it's like there are lots of there's lots of places where queer people can go in, in any number of places in this side, country. Gay people having and, a bachelor party at a straight bar. What reaction would that get? I, I mean, oh, people would be weird. Probably. I don't. It depends. Depends. Gay people having. A ba- I'm sure there have been gay bachelor parties. Oh, sure. At, I mean, but any number of bars. But it wouldn't be as safe as a and regular as a woman having a bachelorette party at a gay bar. So, I think the idea that weird that it doesn't weird me out so much, but there I I, t- I just it gives me pause because it makes me feel like. Uh, the idea is like, well, let's go somewhere where we're, we're totally we're not threatened. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like not that they should feel threatened in any space, no less one, you know, populated by men mostly. Yeah. But it does sort of put the onus on, you know, the people, it, it, the gay guys at the gay bar to be like, um, well, you know, like welcoming into something that is a little bit more sacred than that. Yeah. Sort I don't know. Like an, I mean, it's I don't, a small, like it's uh, sort of like going to. Uh, 
You shouldn't walk into a space that seems to be coded for another group and treat it like it's an amusement park where you get to I just think dip it. Elliot, but Elliot, I mean, you know just as well as I do that gay bars aren't sacred. You know, there, there's there's like a there's like a fingering corner, and like I have friends who've told stories about watching people get their ass ate oh, at gay God. bars. I mean, yeah, you know, yes, I, I I I hear where you're coming from, but but to describe most gay bar, I and mean, which isn't to say that I sex t- happens yeah. in public at gay bars, think, but you know what I'm saying. I, I mean, it's a bar, it's, sacred, it's a watering hole. I think when he says it's sacred it's more sacred maybe not in urban areas where being gay is a pretty okay thing to be but in not so like in in manchester new hampshire (laughs) where i i worked there for a short while and there were lots of gay bars and gay people went there because it was a a, sort of a a respite from the rest of society that wasn't so great there weren't many options for them and in those spaces it is incredibly sacred like i guess i'm what i'm picturing is like a like a loud bachelorette party going to like I, I don't know. I feel like a West Hollywood bar where it would make sense, where mm-hmm. it would be like, that's like a raucous party with like, you know, whatever. Whereas imagining gay, like a, a bunch of gay, a bunch of uh, straight women at a bachelorette party going into like Metropolitan in Brooklyn mm-hmm. or yeah. um, or like Akbar here, you know, that to me is when it feels, I guess it's the context of I, the place itself. I think, I just think the community should be embracing and welcoming of those who want to join us at the bar. I agree. I do agree with that. I don't. I yeah. fucking hate bitches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's weird. I'll say this real quick. Uh, when I was in Michigan, right out of college, I got a job at this, like, useless.com. And <laughs> but it was a bunch of, like, 20-somethings. And there was one girl who graduated from Harvard of the Midwest, University of Michigan, <laughs> same year that I did, uh, 2016. 2016, of course. And... Uh, we were having a conversation one day at lunch with this girl, and uh, one of my friends was like, oh, I went to a gay bar over the weekend. This was a girl who said that. And this coworker, this other coworker of mine, Michelle, goes, you went to a gay bar? And she was, like, appalled wow. that, like, a girl went to a gay bar in a really conservative sense, in a okay. very, like, mm. very, like, r- like rural Michigan conservative, even though she went to Michigan, rural Michigan conservative way. So... Mm. That was one of those moments where I'm like, I will take any Anybody fag right. hag over Michelle. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, that makes this sense. Goo. Michelle, in my mind, I can't do the accent properly, but in my mind, she said she was like wearing a Bob Seger T-shirt and uh, <laughs> just doing the thing where you put up your hand and go, "I live here on the hand. This is where yeah. I'm on the mitten." And she got, "You went to a gay bar. Gay bar? <laughs> you went to a gay bar." <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for and having me. You please guys. promise me that when Brent gets married. Married, you uh, you bring him to a bachelor his bachelor party at a like intense dyke bar. Yeah, oh, that'd be so <laughs> really intense. Fun. I thought you were gonna say like fly me into Arkansas and take me to the straightest. <laughs> I think Brent will fit in straight there. bar. Brent will no, fit no, in no. there just fine. Yeah. Thank you for letting yeah. me invade your queer yeah. sacred space yeah. today. I appreciate where, it. Yes. Where, should you, where should you be plugged? Oh, I should be in really in all orify. <laughs> I, uh, I knew that was coming uh, as soon as I said it. <laughs> SarahMenincasa.com, and that's where my events are, uh, and just my presence and pieces of my soul. Great. Hit Thanks me for up, being here. people. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, you guys. Yeah. And another thing. CrossFit. CrossFit. Now, CrossFit. you guys have done CrossFit. I've never yes. done it. I've been an L.A. fitness guy for the last six years. Yeah. I uh, did CrossFit from 2014 to 2017. <laughs> yeah. And I I did it for about a year or two years. Do you, who, do you guys think it's... 
crazy. Brent, as someone who hasn't done it, mm-hmm. what do you think of it? So, for, uh, all right. So, uh, when I walk by, it's always like a garage or a dungeon or something weird, and I always look in. And it seems <laughs> like kind of fun. It seems it's like oh, there's like big tires and yeah. like I, there's nothing I find more ridiculous like even at LA Fitness you'll get this where you walk in and there's some new thing yeah. you know you, usually it's the trainer that brings out the rope have you ever seen the rope yeah. it's this huge like oh like, I've seen the like rope like this 100 this foot rope that ties around like a like a, a pole battle and, ropes and, yeah, yeah battle ropes and you're supposed to twirl it and every time I see that I'm like I'm gonna get ripped it's like no you're not it's just <laughs> it's just one more kind of offbeat tool that will yeah. make it seem like you're gonna get in better shape because you've never seen it before yes that's and true you're like well if, if I I'm supposed to, you know, do that with a milk jug or whatever. Then I'm, I'm my arms are going to be huge. <laughs> the new one is the up. The, it's the upright ski erg. Yeah, you oh, see that? Yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what that is. Yeah, I, I, I remember you know, at CrossFit. You know, I liked it because I liked the communal aspect of it, and I liked that at the gym. I never really knew what I was doing. You know what I mean? So I liked that aspect of having sort of trainers around me all the time. But I absolutely, I don't know why I associate this in my brain, but like whenever someone says like, "Go, you're doing great, you got it," and they start applauding and shit, yeah. then I'm like, "Oh, I'm the fat kid," or you're like pity applauding. Yeah, here, that you're like, "Oh, you, you it, got it." It makes me giggle. Like I'm just like I feel like it's like my coach, and I'm like, <laughs> and it's just there's something like. Super Extremely uncomfortable about it, like when it, someone's like, "You go, man." It is really uncomfortable. I had a Ugh. guy once. I remember I was on the elliptical or something, and like uh, we, it was like a team day, you know. And it was this big beefy guy, so I already had a bias against him. But he uh, he kept like coaching me during it, you know. And he wasn't a coach; he was just like a regular, regular dude at the gym. <laughs> yeah, and he kept right. coaching me during. It. I'm like. I'm on a fucking elliptical. What are you coaching me about? And I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then finally I snapped. And I was like, shut the fuck up, you fuckhead. Like, I just got so angry at him. And then afterwards he was like... You yelled at me. Oh. I was like, because we both pay fucking three hundred dollars yeah. to be in this piece of shit stone dungeon. I, I, I guess and, it is a dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> I loved CrossFit when I finally found a place that was like normal. Yeah. Because up until that point, I had. At least I'd done CrossFit in different places in New York, and one was kind of crazier than the next. Mm-hmm. And then I had a huge injury from going to a CrossFit that was so populated in a basement that they had megaphones. We both to... left CrossFit because we had injuries. Well, yeah. I mean, they, well, I didn't leave because I had Typical an injury. Story. But I, had the, I was at a place where it was so packed, they had megaphones, like four megaphones at yeah, a time. And, but I only went to that place because the air conditioning was primo. So, uh, so it has to be noted that Elliot is... <laughs> A lunatic when it comes to uh, temperature control, temperature sensitivity. And yeah. one of my favorite things uh, about him is that when he 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 really knows how to sort of manipulate the variables to oh, his benefit. Yes. So if if he is going to a, a CrossFit, if he found one that that he that's convenient to his job, but it's poorly air conditioned, he'll start writing. Yeah. Uh, using any number of aliases, <laughs> Yelp reviews, ev- like like two a day. And you know you're outing him now. Here's my place. favorite. Fine. This is my favorite. So uh, normally CrossFits because they're like kind of culty. They have yeah. like hundreds of good five star reviews. Yeah, because yeah. everyone loves them. So for years it'll be like this is the best. This is the best. This is the best. This is the best. <laughs> and then and then you'll just notice for like five days in a row. <laughs> There will be like five one-star reviews that all coincidentally just happen to reference yeah. 
temperature control. Yeah. <laughs> then, then you're like, oh, this is but, clearly the same person. Yeah, Joyce writing this. There's always Joyce. Joyce. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like clearly nobody. Clearly, there's not enough turnout turnover at a CrossFit gym for them to be like. Oh, we missed this random <laughs> choice. <Yeah. pass>. Right, <laughs> right. That's why I've always thought too. There's probably no more than 200 people on the not. roster at no. a CrossFit yeah. at any given but point. But I did in get, in, I did get into a bit of a war with one of with uh, one CrossFit gym kept, here like, in New York, changing. in LA. You turned the air on or something? I kept turning it down. <laughs> you would wait. No, <laughs> other let me clarify. Would... <laughs> he would sneak over yeah. to the like remote. And he would turn it down, and they would catch him and yell at him. No, well, yeah. this place, they didn't catch me first. Yeah. They thought it was another instructor, and they were yelling at her, but I wasn't about to cop to it because I'm a paying customer. And I had gone back and forth. <laughs> I had, had, so you're going to let this poor woman get the front of it, I had, possibly lose her job because you're a paying no, customer. No, no, no. I had heated emails going back and forth with the manager who kept lying to me through his teeth, yeah. saying there was construction, and, and I, yeah. there was no construction. Yeah. Um, and he's a crook. He's a, he's a fucking criminal. And a, and a, and he a, is still livid, guys. He's the yeah. worst. Still but anyway, living. so at my last CrossFit gym that I was at before I left, but I loved it here in L.A., um, I had an ongoing sort of battle with management about yes. the And also, it was a CrossFit gym, so um, it had that sort of garage door that opened. Right. But for whatever the physics of that location were, yeah. the air never came in and never right. escaped. It was right. like a solid wall. And yeah. because the door was open, I was told I was crazy. Uh, it's cooler. You'll be yeah. fine. And at a certain point, I was just like... I'm not doing this but, anymore. But let me let me clarify because you said you actually looked at the thermostat. It's one thing to think oh, of like, of course. But I took it, pictures, dude. It was it was 85, 85 degrees, degrees, and yeah. that's that is that's too much. Crazy I was then, and I was then told we'll turn the air conditioning on when it's 80. Well, you know, they're doing it five. because it's too expensive to run air conditioning yeah. all day. Yes, but then and they don't make so, enough money, right. even though they charge you three hundred dollars. So, so much money, money, and it got they make enough point. money. Yeah, yeah. It, got, it got to that point where I was like, you know what? Like, I love these people, and I, I really do, and I loved what Except was going on there. Well, the email and that's kind of something I want well. to get on. So, beyond air conditioning, with let's be real, most people's CrossFit concerns don't involve air conditioning, and I don't know why because <laughs> it's a heated exercise. But, but okay, when you leave CrossFit, this is my biggest bright my gripe with with CrossFit when you leave CrossFit you can't ever leave it because it's like a culty thing so like when you leave now you're friends with all these people on Facebook and you're not posting you at the gym anymore so so like right. well hold on so like <laughs> you have these people coming at you and you see them on the street I can't fucking avoid them they're all coming at me and now I have to join like 40 different CrossFit gyms because they're sending me all uh, it's here's, here's my rule here's my rule I don't make friends at my coffee shop and I don't make friends at the gym. It's impossible. Because I think the gym, it's different at a CrossFit. It's impossible not to make friends at a it CrossFit. It is different at a CrossFit. It's a very, like, like Alan was saying before, there are these days where you have to do partner workouts. Yeah. Why would, I did why one would with Jake Shears bragging. <laughs> I did one with Jake Shears um, of Scissor Sisters where we had to do this thing, and it was a pro fucking livid straight instructors. It was a Pride Day workout, so they wanted to have it Pride themed, yeah. where you grab... The other, I don't know how we did it. We grab the other's ankles or something, and like you lift, you you pull yourself up off your off the ground. Huh. What? Your, your your junk is kind of right in their face when what? you do it. Yeah, it's I don't know. I don't understand oh, how it works, guys. Semi. But all I'm saying is, <laughs> Jake and I would do this, and then we would just be like, "This is." I think we're the only two gay people here. That, that was the, the yeah. it was the it, that is the worst part of it. That that as much fun as one might, you know, hypothetically have in the group setting, which I did. I did enjoy a lot of it. Yeah. 
when you got to that partner workout that was forced upon you because there is no you can't like extra extricate from you can't do your own you thing. can't do your own thing yeah and I think that probably was the real downfall I, for me I was gonna say the other thing uh, that I was gonna say about CrossFit was I don't know if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy I, I don't know how successful they are because yeah. I've seen a lot of before and after pictures or I've seen pictures of people who go to CrossFit and I can't tell if they're they look that great because they go to CrossFit or because they look that great they choose to go to CrossFit. No, I definitely good, good had point. A, I definitely I definitely had a difference between when I was at CrossFit and when I wasn't at CrossFit. Yeah, yeah and I definitely did not. So uh, <laughs> everything has looked exactly the same for uh, a matter of years now. Well, I, I, as, <laughs> well, as, I as I always say as I always say my my only goal. Uh, uh, with going to the gym is making zero gains because that's what I make. I make no gains constantly. I my bo- If you wanted to chart my body and like how it, it changes over time, it would just be a, a fucking flat straight line. What's better than mine? I'm mine just like, too. I gain 20 pounds, I lose 30 pounds. I gain 30 pounds, I lose 20 that's pounds. That's what they call a yo-yo, baby. That's what I am. <laughs> yo, yeah. yo, yo. No one wants a fucking yo-yo. You guys <laughs> yeah. are doing great. You stay the same. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sitting here with unbuttoned pants. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't seen these titties. You ain't seen these titties. What would your aunt say? What would your aunt say about something we said on the podcast today? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say? Ramona would say, you go to bars to drink alone? <laughs> <laughs> I know that my aunt Joanne would say, what woman would have a bachelorette party at a at a gay bar? Who mm. would do that? My aunt Anne would go into a tangent about um, me mentioning fruit flies and tell the story <laughs> about the time that my Uncle Ray left a bag full of <laughs> shitty diapers oh. in uh, the garage and it Ew. was covered in fruit flies. What? That is huh. a story she's told many times. Why would you, wh- He just forgot to take it out. And it oh, was just boy. like built up shit, just like stewing in a hot garage Ooh. in Missouri in the summer. Ooh. Nice. Fruit flies. <laughs> fruit flies, I mean, but they're like so harmless. They're almost cute. But they're annoying. Yeah. They're less cute when they're on piles of of dung. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Well, on that note, until next time, uh, I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. And thanks for listening. It's a good show.